0: Live from the TVA, this is Derailed Trains of Thought.
1: Hello, Tim. Hello... Nick, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I I'm a little disoriented because the 60s like office we're in right now. I feel like I've seen like three versions of myself walk by. Oh, well, but you can tell they
0: have like on their jumpsuits. Yeah, yeah.
1: variant. So I don't think that's you. Okay. Good.
0: Like you're the real one? I'm the real I think. As okay. F- as
1: far as I know, I'm the real one. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's it's very bureaucratic here, which is a little different than I expected.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I dig their interior design. It's very unique and orange. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that kind of old school charm thing. Though so, There are some people walking around with those sticks. I think we should probably stay out of their way. Oh, yeah. Any anytime you see a security guard like that, yeah, you, you don't want to mess with them. No, sure. but maybe,
0: maybe we can hop into some office somewhere
1: yeah maybe uh there's a room in the library we can chill in for a little bit to record our podcast yeah which uh welcome folks to derailed trains of thought your premier podcast on storytelling for the creator and consumer we talk about all manner of storytelling here my name is timothy deal my name is nick hayden and i'm the host today tim how's your summer been Pretty good. We got back from vacation a little while ago. Janelle and I did our first solo. I guess we had our honeymoon, but we felt like we were real adults. We went camping, and we stayed at Airbnb a little bit, Uh, up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Very nice. Very fun. Visited Mackinac Island, which I hadn't been there since I was seven. Gorgeous place. Gorgeous place. You know, a lot of touristy places can look tacky, but there's something about the ones that can manage to really stay beautiful Mm -hmm. and attractive and Hilton Head Island is one which is why we love going there and Mackinac Island is another like yes you just go there and you feel like, oh, man. If only we were, like, commonplace areas would be able to focus on maintaining their the beauty of their home mm-hmm. as much as places like this can. Do you take the bike ride around the island? Well, we took it around half the island. Unfortunately, they had about another half of it closed off oh. for road repairs or oh, something. Interesting. Yeah. But one of the fun things about Mackinac, folks, is that there are no cars allowed there. So you all travel by bike or by horse-drawn carriage, basically. Um, and a lot of people bike, so we did we did do a lot of biking. So yeah. we we didn't get to go the entire circumference, but we also went into the island a little bit, and so it was fun. Here's a real question: Do you do two bikes or
0: tandem? <laughs> we did two bikes. I've done tandem before. Have and you two bikes? Yeah, it's I think so. Did you do I it with, with, with Natasha? Natasha? Yeah, I think I believe so. I have never been I mean, there done are a number tandem. of times, but one of the time, they, not number, but more two, than three one, times, <laughs> more than one, yeah. Okay. And yeah, and we were off out west for about 10 days, took a road trip, kind of in reminiscent of uh, my wife and I's initial year road trip out. Uh, the, when the you were or,
1: newlyweds, you're yeah. a bit more adventurous than Janelle and I.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, the, Natasha has very fond memories of it, but we both know that it was pretty tense during parts of it in real life. <laughs> yeah, because we just camped all the whole time and it's we were gone three weeks, so... Yeah,
1: um, that's hardcore.
0: Anyways, but we just went to Yellowstone, lots of driving with a kid showed them. This yellow, time he just went as time. far as Yellowstone. Yeah. And it was a lot. It was a lot, a lot of fun and the kids got to see all sorts of they never been past the Mississippi, so So yeah. lots of different landscapes out there. For sure. Yeah. Everything.
1: I was impressed by Natasha's Instagram pictures. It sounds like it looks like you guys got to do a variety of things. I mean, it wasn't just I mean, you did sightseeing and We did yeah, we tried uh, to stop at least a couple places every
0: day even though we had to also travel a ridiculous long way just to get Anywhere, anywhere, yeah. <laughs> just the West for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. At least in uh, nowadays, you kids have got books and video games. And... Oh
0: yeah, we wouldn't unplug though. We didn't. Bring oh really? It, yeah. You didn't
1: bring a Switch or anything? No. Nope. Wow. You're wow. You're rural hardcore then. Yeah. They, and they they
0: enjoyed it. Yeah. Cool. It's funny because like my son's usually a big reader, but he hardly read at all because he doesn't he, he doesn't like reading in the car. Oh yeah. But they didn't get very bored. They were they had a lot of fun. Wow. But anyway folks, that's why we had no episode, official episode in July. Yes.
1: I hope you enjoyed the brief sidetrack. Actually, that just went out today. So we're still it's still July as we a recording, but we know that I won't be able to edit this, have a quick that quick of a turnaround. I've still got weekly hijacks to edit and and other stuff. So,
0: well, Tim, I guess we should go ahead and get to Story School. All right, folks. Uh, this was one of the few times I kind of had a title with an idea that we were going to do for uh story school. And we kind of, in our notes, wrote this as Destiny, Free Will,
1: and the Multiverse. This is a big, a wide-ranging topic, I feel.
0: Yeah, so our idea, just to preface kind of our big idea, is just kind of talk about how fate and multiverse and characters... Free will all interact in stories, which actually comes up way more often than you would think.
1: It's becoming more and more of a big deal in superhero. I mean, looks like a lot of Marvel Phase 4 is going to deal with multiverse stuff. And then in some of the like video games you guys... We don't play even that much, but it shows up a decent amount, too. It does. And 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 anime. Particularly, yeah. It seems like Japan has a fascination with... Particularly like the defying fate ideas. Now, these ideas, you may say, what was it again? Destiny, free will, and the multiverse. Like, in some ways, they seem like disparate things. Okay, maybe destiny, free will is more clearly related, but how does the multiverse fit into this? And when we were talking about this, like, I realized we were kind of coming at this from different directions. Like, in my mind, because of Loki and other things, I've, multiverses or an alternate universes is something that's been on my mind to talk about for a while And in my point, how like it kind of messes up some of free will stuff. But you were coming at at it from the opposite direction.
0: I came from the direction that if you defy fate, then suddenly in many stories, it breaks off
1: timelines
0: and you get a multiverse. And we'll use illustrations
1: here. So I feel like a lot of these these ideas are going to be intertwined. And we've talked a little bit about about fate before when we discussed the chosen one. Um, I forgot to look up what episode number that was, but uh, it was a while ago. Yeah, I don't it, was, remember. it was a while ago, back in the 70s or so. In 1970. <laughs> 1970, wow. yes. We were, no, no. The, that's,
0: a, that's a different show with time travel. <laughs> um, but anyway, I thought we'd start with a brief, just an observation I've had about these stories of fighting fate. Again, the, the common one, and we've mentioned this in other podcasts, is like, you know, you're Oedipus Rex, you're like, there's a prophecy. That's going to be your destiny. Oh, I'm going to try to get around it. I'm going to go kill my son or leave him to expose. And then it happens anyways.
1: Actually, episode 67, that's the one I'm thinking of. Okay. The Once and Future podcast. The Once and Future that podcast. That was about the Chosen One, but also about prophecy and how it's hard to defy your fate and all that kind of and
0: stuff. And that's where we mentioned a lot of this Oedipus Rex stuff. Right. And so it seems that for most of, at least my knowledge of older stories, usually it's fate something that you fight against, but you can't really beat. The whole, like, man versus fate is... Job, it's Greek tragedies, it's Stranger Than Fiction, uh, where, you know... <laughs> in a
1: much more modern version. Modern
0: of sense. Lost in season five is very much like, and even six is like, are we going to conform to what has already happened or what I'm what I'm destined for? I mean, five is about, can we change the future? Did
1: whatever happened,
0: happened? Yeah. Do they mean that? And season six is very much about, am I going to succumb to this idea of destiny Like with Jack and other people that I've been avoiding for the last, since the show started. Uh Except it seems that we're moving. And I think that's just how culture changes into more stories about defying fate and you can actually do it. Xenoblade, a video game for the, well, it was for the Wii U, I think. Mm -hmm. But it's for the Wii, uh, for the... Or it was for the Wii, but now it's for the Switch. Oh, you mean Xenoblade Chronicles? Chronicles is the first one, not the second. I think
1: yeah. it was a Wii U. I want to say was it? it was okay. a Wii U thing, I think. But I don't
0: know. Anyways, it's on the Switch. That's where I played it. has a lot. The sort of the Monato shows you the future, and then you can do things, and they keep trying to do like, well, we can defy our fate, and we choose our own future.
1: Free will wins. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, Loki's a little bit about that. Well, and actually, while we're on the subject of video games, we'll get to Loki in a sec. Yeah. Even Final Fantasy VII Remake yeah. added this aspect of it, which originally was like, it's the original story from the original Final Fantasy VII up to like this point. Except they added these new things, these new things that are like kind of trying to keep make sure that the story of the game stays in the same story as the original Final Fantasy VII. And eventually the characters like Aerith brings up these guys are like the guardians of destiny the the live stream is determined how some of these things are supposed to be but like we got to take out sephiroth now so let's not let's defy and so they wind up fighting destiny and it leaves the ending very ambiguous of like well where is the rest of the because it's like part one of this remake yeah so we're all like well where is this gonna go from here is it gonna be radically different or is this just gonna be mostly the same no one really knows if you blow the nuke up does it change the future or not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I Sorry, mean, random
0: loss reference guys not random but here i thought we wouldn't actually get very much lost in this episode i had to, i had to do it but anyway i think that shift is in some ways attached to this changing culture that we're very much about we can define who we are and so the idea that there is a force or a god or something that's dictates stuff i mean wheel of time is very much there's prophecy and he has to fulfill it mm-hmm. and there's no way there's no way really to escape it and that's part of the wrestling, and we've talked about it other times. So anyways, that's kind of the fate and free will. And then the multiverses come into all this.
1: well, well let's talk a little yeah. bit more about before we move on to multiverse stuff. This is a thorny thing for me as a Christian because the tendency of my belief is to lean heavily on the Arminian side of things, mm-hmm. Arminian as opposed to Calvinism, yeah. meaning that God does give us some free choice. It's not just strictly predestination, you're either saved or you're not yeah. saved, that God gives us the choice to accept Him or not. Yeah. But I do have to recognize at the same time that the Bible does talk about God being sovereign. There are portions of in Romans talking about for those he foreknew, he predestined and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's tricky to figure out the balance. And there's a saying that I saw somewhere that I've always liked, that life is like a card game. Predestination is the hand that you're dealt. Free will is how you choose to play your cards. Okay. That's kind of how I've always kind of resolved the tension in my mind. It's not necessarily a theological thing, (laughs) but I think it—I think it adds an element of truth to it, at least in a way that works for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've always—I guess I've always uh, reconciled in my head. I and I, to be honest, I'd probably lean a little more Calvinist than Arminian, though there's good arguments on all sorts of levels on both sides. Mm.
1: Guys, do you guys know that you came for a theological um, Bible <laughs> discussion tonight? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like we would be not doing this conversation full yeah. justice if we didn't delve into some of these these things a little but bit. But I guess, to me, as a
0: writer, it's that sort of like, as I'm writing, the characters doing what they're doing, but I also have a plan of what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And so there's this given, I, again, this is not theological either, but I feel like some of these things, like Oedipus Rex, like The Hobbit... Where you know Gandalf is like, "Oh, you thought you were so special. You, this didn't all happen just for your sake." And like basically, <laughs> that right. Bilbo made all these choices, except everything happened that way because there was a purpose behind it. Yeah, and I can, and that's all I really need. I can get into the arguments with people about the firing details, but I think fiction is a very interesting platform where you can actually, in sometimes, see that that
1: where the two sides of the coin meet. Right. I mean, for me, ideally, free will and destiny is kind of a dance. They somehow go together. Like it is both your choice to do the things that happen, but God is also orchestrating things. Some people would say that, well, that means you don't have any choice at all. It's like, "I, I don't think so. There's been way too many times when I'm trying to figure out what to do and I can be open to saying, hey, God, show me what I should be doing here. And he'll be like, no, you decide. Yeah. So it was like, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's. when anything. Well, the free destiny and free, uh, free
0: will, free destiny, free <laughs> destiny, <laughs> <laughs> free willy. Um, with the free will, de- uh, predestination thing is that you got to define your terms. I don't know that even most hardcore Calvinists say that everything's. You choose pre is forced upon you as much as whether you can save yourself.
1: Yeah, it depends on yeah who you're talking to. Yeah. Babylon B has poked fun at Calvinists. Well, yeah, but I, Bal- that kind of stuff. Which, yes, yes, completely. <laughs> anyway,
0: Anyway, so straight up, and we talked about some of this with the, the episode sixty seven. Is that there's a lot of very interesting room to discuss free will and whatever sense that the creator brings of predestination fate, god, aliens, whatever the reigning force, time lord Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. But it does seem that in modern stories, more and more, there's this sort of, let's overthrow the authority that's dictating what I should do.
1: Another interesting example of this from Final Fantasy. In Final Fantasy fifteen, it ends in some tragedy because Noctis, the main character, his role is essentially to take on a lot of well he has to die in order basically in order to defeat the darkness that's going on this, this this scourge that's infected the planet essentially i'm summarizing a lot of what happens but now then they, they at one point they had dlc downloadable content planned that they wound up putting into a novelization which radically changes the story for the purpose of having an alternate quote unquote happier ending where it's not so much that this was just the way that the world worked, that this is what needed to happen, as it was like the gods and Bahama in particular, just decided this is the way he wanted it to happen to punish humanity. Mm-hmm. And which would have turned the sacrifices that not just Noctis but some of the other characters would have made into just being kind of pawns and tools of this. And basically it turned the novelization turned into like defy that fate sort of thing. Yeah. So I mean that kind of ruined in some ways like yeah he had I mean, again, my, the dance between destiny yeah. and free will. I liked how the original story went because it was a very meaningful sacrifice that, yeah, Noctis was following a plan, but he learned how to grow into that plan. He he became that person that needed to take this on, and it ruined the, the tragedy. I mean, that's sort of the stranger than fiction. He grows into the what the, the author is going to write. Yeah, that's true. I mean— Although, I mean, in, in a certain way, I guess you could also say that he did— change his fate a little bit because he, re- he was originally going to die but then the author is like well wait a minute he knows he's going to die this is- actually makes him a better person yeah shouldn't i try to save him yeah yeah so, well that's true so i have seen that yeah but anyway
0: so anyways that that interaction and then you throw on this multiverse thing yeah well because now when you make decisions alternate universes get made i mean that's if you don't know in multiverse there's lots of different I guess running ideas, but the idea is that basically there's alternate versions of yourself, different dimensions from different choices that were made at different levels of.
1: I mean, at least in the version of multiverse that this is coming from. Now, some multiverses just it's not necessarily made off of choice; it could just be random circumstance that create these alternate, well. That's true too. Yeah. Alternate versions of yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's really what we're looking talking about with alternate, like Chrono Cross, which I have a rant in some older episode. But the whole... Actually, I think it might be in that same episode. Is that
0: same? Oh, you're right. It is in that same episode. Yeah, 67. It's a good one, folks. Go listen to it. But you go between two different dimensions, and it branched from where basically you should have died in one and you were saved. Because the later on you find there's a city that keeps track of fate and makes things happen like it should. And mm-hmm. I think there's probably some overturning fate in this whole th- thing. But anyways, so that was the decision there. In, say, Loki, mm-hmm. the multiverse is basically... Well pruned away because anytime someone make a decision that shouldn't be made, they basically they, scrub they, it. They edit it. Yeah, try to keep it all consistent. Spoiler: If you're not Loki, you not watch Loki, go watch it if yeah. you want. If you like that sort of stuff.
1: But yeah, that rule may change by the end of this of the at least this first season. They have announced they're going to do a second season. But yeah, I'm going to lay some some more cards on the table about yes. multiverse thing. Do you remember? When we did our Children of the Wells roundtable, Aaron Brosman mentioned that time travel was becoming one of his storytelling pet peeves. Yes. Because, he, in his words, there's so many ways you can do it wrong. Yes, that's true. And he said, that despite the fact that Back to the Future is one of his favorite movies. I have become the feel in recent years that multiverse is something that I don't particularly enjoy because I don't like the ramifications that it, that certain stories will bring out of it. So explain. And I'll preface also to the saying that doesn't mean that it can't be done well. I think Loki did it really well, but it has some inherent problems with it. For one thing, the entire fact, let's just go, let's just start where we've been talking about in terms of like free will stuff. So if a multi whole multiverse gets made or a whole alternate world gets made because of a different choice that someone made. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that all the souls and all the people uh, from this branch world only exist because I chose to go left somewhere yeah. instead of going right? That's that a Doctor seemed, episode. I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> and it's interesting as a as a mind game sort of thing, but if you're putting into the flesh and blood of an actual realized story, it raises lots of red flags for me. It's like, that seems so unfair to, okay, they're NPCs, who cares, but like... I don't know. I just don't like the idea of like creating whole people just for because one person made a different decision. Once upon a time, ventured into this category, into this territory (laughs) with the the wish realm. Oh boy. (laughs) And it created so many problems, particularly because they changed the rules of how they were going to treat this whole idea. Initially, like Regina actually wound up killing this alternate version of Snow White and Prince Charming, thinking that they weren't real.
0: Because they were a alternate because the main timeline is a real one in some of these things they all the extra ones are like shadows or yeah or like or fake, fake or, or something or yeah
1: and then later they changed like no no that actually had actual consequences like she actually killed the snow white and now her son is out for revenge and like that's That's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think maybe this is a problem. Storytellers will start with the multiverse because it's kind
0: of fun. Oh, it's fun to see an alternate version of this one or this thing. And it's nice storytelling advice. But then if you use it very long, it gets really messy very quickly unless you Mm -hmm. have very firm rules. Mm -hmm. Once upon a time, didn't always have very firm rules about things. Yeah. For instance, the sort of alternate dimension things work really well in like, say, person of interest would have episodes where the computer would run through scenarios. Sure. And then you're like, okay, it's an alternate version of what could have happened, but it's not real yet. Yes. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And there's two or three episodes of that. And, and I guess in theory, that's what Dr. Strange does in Avengers oh. or in um, Infinity War, I guess is when he Infinity does Infinity War, yeah. When is that he basically
1: runs the, the scenario, yeah. Basically to find out what's, and, what's the one way that we can actually win this thing. And so in theory, assuming there's one timeline, he figured
0: out here's what we need to do so that he doesn't win. And then they do it. Mm -hmm. Now, if you apply to the multiverse way, then what you're saying is that every other timeline except the one we watched, Thanos wins.
1: Yeah, and that's that's kind of problematic. Because then what you're
0: saying is that, yay, we saved one timeline, which is like 0.01 percent of the entire existence, and Uh. all the rest of them are under darkness. (laughs) Yeah, which is not what no one thinks like that. I don't know if that's what they were implying
1: there. But it is an inherent problem. I mean. It's kind of the unintended consequences thing, kind of similar in some ways to when we talk about death, how sometimes some creators use death as a way to like make the audience care. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it can have the opposite effect and make the audience not care. Example, I'm probably one of the few comic book nerdy types in America who did not fall head over heels in love with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse the animated film. Don't get me wrong, beautiful, really cool art style, fun characters, but the film lost some connection for me when a version, a really cool version of Peter Parker died in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. That immediately for me was like, I don't, I'm not interested in a world where a good Peter Parker dies. Like he's, this was a great guy. I'm like, this is obviously not my Peter Parker. I'm not, why should I care about anything else that happens in this universe?
0: I guess it's sort of like as a story device, that's
1: what most people use it for. It's like, oh, we got to bring in Um, (laughs) Spider-Ham. And and like I said, there was a lot, I love the creativity of these, some of these alternate Spider-Men. So When it comes to, like, just goofy multiverse shenanigans or different dimensions, I'm okay with that as long as you don't take it too seriously. Like, Phineas and Ferb did this pretty well in their movie Across the Second Dimension. Mm -hmm. That's just silly. It's a lot of fun. I don't have a problem with that. The problems come sometimes with these—the more invested you get into some of the unintended consequences. Then then, then
0: suddenly it's like trying to care for— I mean, like, humans aren't really meant to even, you know, even with all the world news, we can't really even handle <laughs> all the news that comes in. And then you're like, yeah. but let's multiply that by infinity. Right. You know, and then you're like, right. so either you have to stop caring at all about these other the lines you don't care about, mm-hmm. or you just like... Uh, he dies. It's basically like, well, he died here and here and here, but who cares? Because he's still alive in these seven.
1: Yeah, I was reading some this afternoon, knowing we we're going to be talking about this about the cartoon Rick and Morty. Okay, yeah, which is basically all about this interdimensionality exploration. Yeah. Like I guess the the cartoon started off as like a parody of Back to the Future. Okay, um, and then it became something else. But Rick, the the mad scientist guy, mm-hmm. basically has become an alcoholic because all of his interdimensional travel has just kind of made him very nihilistic. Yeah. Because, like, who cares if I die? There's, like, a million other versions of me. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, nothing matters because everything else is just a copy of yourself. So, I mean, that's, again, it's unintended consequences. But but at the same time, in some ways, the people who really spouse – multiverse altered dimensions as a scientific idea I think spins out of like a belief in big bang evolution well, like, and,
0: and that, that you need an explanation for basically our like
1: goldilocks universe without god yes I mean like if we have this amazing world that spun out by chance well given infinite chances yeah. you're gonna have an infinite number of other universes that sprang what, out Which you got thrown right here that I listened to a podcast with um, one of the intelligent
0: design guys wrote The God Hypothesis. I've not read the book yet, but the podcast was about him and his book. And someone asked him, about, what about the multiverse theory? He's like, well, the problem is in order to make it work, you need a mechanism for making universes that would have to be as finely tuned. <laughs> and where does that come from? Yeah. So even scientifically, it doesn't, at least according to him, I've not read the book, doesn't work
1: out. Yeah. If you have something that can make, that is so finely tuned to create one universe, how is it going to make others? Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: You got to have a universe making mechanism. Yeah. But, anyways, so what we have here is this deep dilemma in that, on one hand, in humorous, lighthearted moments, it's fun to see, oh, we got Spider Ham. Oh, it's fun to see what would have happened. It's a what if. Yes. And in, in comics like multiverse, I think, because. They're always doing what ifs. Like, I mean, there's even was a whole series like what if in Marvel. Sure. You know, because as we've said, it's hard to change characters permanently in comic books. Mm-hmm. So you try new, new spins, new spins a, a in a remixes, different in a yeah. different comic line, so that you don't touch the main one. And then someone gets the idea. Oh, wouldn't it be fun these two meet? Yeah. And then suddenly you have Marvel with their. 20,000 mm-hmm. Marvel universes, you know, the the main one is 616, that's the main comic one, but then there's an the MCU version, and then there's, yeah. I, I mean, I read a whole, the whole almost a whole run of Exiles, which is basically just, basically sliders for X-Men.
1: Right. I will say, the one multiverse story that I did enjoy the epic scale of, probably the only time was, is the, the famous DC story, Crisis on Infinite Earths. I mean, that's that's just a, a cool, like, the stakes they made for that, some of the, the characters and settings and things that happened. And it had a profound impact on the DC universe, comics at that time. So I do like that story. However, every time DC tried to replicate that ever since was a law of diminishing returns.
0: What do you think? And maybe,
1: I, I was thinking through this, maybe the best use of multiverse is
0: when some person from one universe goes into another... Because when it's personal, you're still caring about that. It's when it becomes all of them. Like, yeah. I mean, like I didn't watch a lot of Sliders, but you go they go to another world, they try to fix things, mm-hmm. they care about that world on there, and then move on to another one. And like that doesn't bother me as much because it's almost like it's basically like going to different planets, except <laughs> sure not. I guess as long as
1: there's not a lot of interaction, like well, like I, the interaction is unusual. Not a lot of interaction, and in some ways, even just. I the way I prefer to do, rather than having alternate dimensions that are like just a photocopy but slightly different than ours, I just think the idea of alternate worlds is inherently more interesting. Once Upon a Time did this for a while. You know, you've got your the Enchanted Forest realm where Snow White and them are, and then yeah. Wonderland is a completely different place. And I, I don't remember. Neverland, I think, was a completely different place. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is the... This is the C.S. Lewis Narnia way of doing things. Yeah. We have Earth. We have Narnia. There is the wood between the worlds that like connected like all these other worlds that yeah. you never actually even got to see, aside from Charn, I think, is the one in Magician's Nephew. But I just think that is so inherently more interesting. Sure, there are similar things in there, but it's not like— It's not the people. It's not the people, and mm-hmm. I think that's where the problem comes for me. I, I feel like, and again, this is coming from a Christian perspective where I think God is endlessly creative. Yeah. I don't see why he would choose to make just another world that looks just like ours, but with like a version of me that is blonde instead of brunette. Well,
0: what it'd be made, <laughs> I mean, in some ways is a, a world that doesn't have God in charge, but has people. So they can make, I can make a choice and I run a universe. Yeah. That, the universe literally runs around me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's, a, that's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my this is my story. Bobby's um, world. Bobby's world. <laughs> um, what do you feel about Hollow Deck Matrix and Shield when they were inside the <laughs> whatever? Where most of it's
1: virtual. I feel like that's a different storytelling thing because it is. Yeah, it's it's an alternate world, but it's, you're not saying like all these other worlds exist because of quantum physics or something like that. I guess they're not, I
0: mean, like in Holodeck, in the, what was it called in
1: S.H.I.E.L.D.? The, <sighs> the oh, man, I'd recognize if one of us said it. Um, Radcliffe made it, and yeah. Yeah, and I know exactly what you're talking but, about. Um,
0: because you had the ultimate fit. Is it the grid? No, that's trauma. But I guess in some ways, what's nice about those, is that also the people aren't in sold. They're
1: not real people, except for a handful of them. Like, yeah, yeah. They're just virtual recreations. I mean, that's its it own gets, interesting. It gets, it's its own interesting sci-fi thing. Where like, how far along does a, like a fake person? Develop, how do they, they develop a soul? But it's like a whole different issue. In science, yeah. And science fiction goes on different scales of that. Because I mean, that's a whole like,
0: um, do androids dream electric sheep problem? Right. Right. Are um, robots? Or I, I suppose the whole Bowser Galactica problem.
1: <laughs> what does it really mean to be human? That yeah. kind of thing. And that's a different issue. Yeah. We talked about that with doubles, I guess, in that episode. Framework. The Framework. The Framework. That's what it was called in S.H.I.E.L.D. Anyway. So this is
0: half-related, but going with choices and spins. So I've been writing this choose-your-own-adventure story for my brother for a project of his. I won't get into the, how that works at this moment. If you like crypto, crypto cards, go to atomichub.com and go to NFT story cards and you can go, go from there, go from there. But that's a different podcast. <laughs> um, but I, I have found it more difficult than I thought to write a choose your own adventure because the problem is you make choices and then the character, then you have to write what happens both ways. And it's, it's hard to say this character is developing at least the way I wrote it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it becomes like, well, which one is better? Which is, you know, you that sort of, I guess, that guiding principle that when you write a story, this is what the characters are doing and growing, and it kind of dissipates, and it's really weird, yeah for, for me at least. Now, as it got farther on, I, I've kind of found, here's the thread if I had written the story this way, and this is the thread I was, but early on, it was just like, okay, what's interesting about it? I mean, I think the reader hopefully will find it more interesting than writing it, just for like, well, if these are all three choices... And they're all supposed to be interesting. Then why make one over the other as Mm. as a creative decision?
1: Sure. Yeah. So
0: it as we get closer to the end, and I start killing off timelines, so to speak. Yeah. Then it becomes like okay, this was the story, or this was a story. But it's from a creative point of view. At least the way I work was usually with a very with a loose outline, and then letting the characters talk to me. Uh huh. It's very weird. Yeah. And I think it almost like the creator version of the multiverse for
1: the consumer interesting i mean i guess a game designer would would say no you're you're just giving the player agency i mean probably ideally when your players play through this thing they're going to put themselves in the shoes of the person and make choices accordingly
0: which i think i have nothing wrong with choosing an adventure like i'm not saying it's but the way i write it was it was a very different muscle a different mental space because normally i have like because i you want a story for me for the everything's there on a, for a purpose. But then, if there's two or three options that happens afterwards, then what was yeah. the purpose of the, I, Again, it's more of a mental thing for me, and I'm I know some people probably love writing choose adventures. Be gonna be like, oh, you can this will happen, or you'll die if you do this, or. Uh-huh. Um, and it's been kind of fun as got farther on to see sort of the different endings. I still have sort of like three or four things that are like main goals, and he kept trying to get them in different methods. And so as I've written, I found out how to do it. Mm-hmm it was an interesting sure
1: it's like trying to write a multiverse in some ways sure we'll give a little bit more credit to Loki here I mean the jury is still out in some ways about how Marvel is going to wind how I'm going to about their multiverse as as they implement it yeah because it definitely feels like like i wouldn't be surprised they're doing a what if animated series and i wouldn't be surprised if there's some connections to this oh that's true to this whole thing and of course the next dr strange movie is called dr strange and the multiverse of madness yeah which i do like that title but we'll see how the consequences of these recent shows are play into it but the other fun thing about the series was just the fact that You hear you had a Marvel series exploring these very existential ideas Mm -hmm. about, you know, Loki was questioning, does anyone except people here have free will? And what does this all mean? And of course, they came to some agnostic conclusions, which these shows tend to do. But it's still it's still an an enjoyable discussion. And it's interesting that, you know, they focus in on how does this Loki and actually
0: some other Lokis change? Like in some ways, he's the the best of the Lokis. Mm -hmm. Like he's the one who actually made the most twist towards good. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's the danger of multiverse too. Sometimes the one you follow tends to be the, like, the prime. Yeah. You know, like all the other ones. We still play the other ones as if they were lesser versions. True, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, none of the other Lokis, except maybe for Sylvie, is considered... An important Loki. An important Loki. Loki. Yeah. And so multiverse, I mean, the storytelling convention is still, the story I'm telling is the most important version of this Mm -hmm. world. It always is. Yeah. Whether... It is or not. I mean, but then you're making a a, a moral choice. You're saying that the other ones are, are still basically shadows.
1: Yeah, which yeah, I get. Yeah, that's you, a, a whole point argument against it.
0: We can't we can't help but pick the. We're telling the most important version. So you you inherently downgrade everyone else. Everyone else,
1: you just do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. And again, like I said, this jury's a little out. Still, they still didn't completely even at the end of this, answer all the questions I had about how all this work. you kind of had to guess about how some of the smoothing mm-hmm. over worked. Like, for example, I was trying to figure out if the idea is, you know, when someone becomes a variant and then they scrub it and clean it, I think we had speculated that they must somehow when they do that light thing, it resets something, they create a new person to fulfill the, the role of what the original person who left the timeline went off to do. That creates a problem in our Avengers story because... <laughs> Loki took the tesseract, and because he disappeared, that meant that Steve Rogers and Tony in Avengers: Endgame had to go farther back in the past. If they just kind of clean up that mess, it's like, oh no, here's Loki. He's back on track to go off and do the rest of what we originally saw Loki do. Then uh, what happened? Where did the original tesseract yeah. go? And, and it's weird because they they kind of talked around and like, oh, that
0: they were supposed to do that time travel thing. Like that right. was the,
1: that was the one.
0: Yeah. (laughs) One purpose.
1: Yeah. So, anyway.
0: And that's inherent. Well, we've had discussions, I think, on the podcast, but certainly off that the whole time travel thing and Endgame's
1: little wonky. Wonky. Yeah. It sounded like, after the fact, even the writers and directors had different understandings (laughs) of how that works. Like, they kept having
0: different answers for questions. Like, guys, this is important. You should know what's going on here.
1: But, so yeah, that's that's I think that's a good discussion of destiny, free will, and the multiverse. It's it's a mess. It's a mess.
0: And again, it should be because those are complicated, big questions.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's a reason that we humans can't interfere with these things much. <laughs> and I think if you're going to be
0: uh, from a writing point of view, I think we need to say figure out the deep, I guess I'll say theological roots of what you're writing before you just throw it in there and have to figure out, okay, what are the consequences of, of this, of this? Yeah. Dream realm. <laughs> um, wish realm. Wish, wish realm. Which was wish not wish. Well, it, it, it was a mess. It was a mess. Yeah. Because it can easily become a mess. I mean, you can kind of do the doctor who wave your hand thing, but then you basically have said that, I don't know, you got, you got to do that.
1: I mean, that, that, then that becomes your style. I mean, doc, yeah, it, doctor who, do, doc, that's the style of doctor who, which is fine. It's semi fairytale ish. Like but you say a lot of important things and sure. some very interesting things by
0: just knowing what what the backpinnings are. That's right,
1: undercurrent, undercurrent,
0: underpin, underpinnings. Okay, <laughs> the underpinnings of these things are whether it's just supposed to be for fun or whether it has more serious ramifications. Yep. So and go see, go watch Loki. Yeah, it's worth it. So all right, I guess for that we'll go to soundtrack.
1: For my soundtrack today, I looked at a couple different video games, Chrono Cross, like Nick mentioned. There's also a Legend of Zelda, Link Between Worlds, where I think he does some similar jumping between worlds thing. But I wound up just searching for Dimension, as in Altered Dimensions dimension. on OC Remix. And I found this obscure game called Zool, Ninja of the Nth Dimension, uh, which is it's a great title. It is a great title. I guess this was a Commodore Amiga game. Okay, That's probably why you never heard of it. But this is a remix by a guy called Fark from Nor. Looks like he's from he's Norwegian. Okay, and the name of this remix is Ninja Gotiri, which is Norwegian for Ninja Candy. Ninja Candy, nice. Yep. Enjoy.
0: This is Nick. I just wanted to pop in and tell you about a solo podcast I'm starting called In a Perfect World. Despite the fact that we have access to more books, movies, comics, TV shows, and other stories than in any time in human history, I think it's important to bring a spotlight on all the stories that we don't have, all the stories that we should have had. So we'll talk to scholars about Dostoevsky's unwritten sequel to The Brothers Karamazov and about C.S. Lewis's unfinished Dark Tower novel, because everyone knows that a writer's best book is the one he didn't write. We'll also explore Hollywood's wrangling and idiotic executives. In an early episode, I praised the leaked, this is way better than what we got script to Rise of Skywalker. And we'll also explore why wasn't Rey Obi-Wan's daughter? I mean, seriously, we'll also dig into the failures, misjudgments, illnesses, betrayals, world events, and just plain bad timing that prevented the creation of all the stories we really wanted. And most importantly, We'll scour social media for hot takes on what storytellers everywhere are doing wrong and how they could just fix it if they'd only listen. The goal of In a Perfect World is simple, to inform you of all the entertainment and art that we would have had, should have had, in a perfect world. In the end, it's a podcast about imagination, regret, and futility, because nothing shows our thankfulness for the divine spark of creativity, the hard work of the artist, than grumbling about what we might have had in a perfect world. Come into a podcatcher near you. Well, that was nice ear candy. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. uh, uh. Anyways, I'm, I'm not, glad you enjoyed it.
0: It is not time for fun times, guys. Sorry, <laughs> but it is time for what if. All right, so we decided, talking multiverse, what if seems to fit pretty well.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, we've been, <laughs> it's a whole Marvel thing. They've got a what if show coming up, which they stole our name. Come on now, just like they used it on the comics 20 years ago, but still.
0: Yeah, yeah. Royalties. Royalties. <laughs> but we thought to do the sort of, uh, let's bring lots of alternate versions from all their alternate dimensions of famous
1: characters into one place to solve a crisis. Yeah, because there's been lots of different versions of some famous literary characters, and, and so what if what if they actually all existed? And I guess, to preface, we'll plead ignorance. We don't know all versions of some of these characters. Right. Uh, we have
0: different realms of knowledge. I know, like, I don't know how many Robin Hood movies, for example, there are, and no.
1: I've seen lots. only a handful. <laughs> so and we will also admit that we were having a trouble coming up with some female characters for this. I know there's lots of different versions of Jane Eyre and Elizabeth Bennet, but we're guys. We, we don't got, really, we don't know them. I've
0: read the original, but that's that's about <laughs> all I got
1: and seen the 6-hour movie. Yeah. But. And a lot of the other ones like like Anne of Green Gables. You really only need the one movie, yeah. like I guess Netflix did an adaptation, which of apparently it. My, my wife did not like. Yeah, so, she just stopped. Yeah. So anyway, so some of these there's just only ones, but anyway, what wh- who's, who's our first character here? I think we need to bring all the Scrooges. From all the Victorian Londons or wherever they are. Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes. Are we including like the Bill Murray? I don't know the Scrooge. If you know him very well, yes. Okay, well, I won't mention him then because I don't know him. (laughs) Oh, okay then. Okay, so so I've got a gold generator here from a website called samimontoyo.com. Okay. So I'm just going to click this button that's called the new goal. Apparently these Scrooges are working together to retrieve a stolen thing. A stolen thing. That's very vague. Wow. I, now, there's also a button here to say, to accomplish this goal, they must do something to Ooh. retrieve it. Let's, look at, let's see what happens. Okay, let's see. I, I get, uh, to accomplish this goal, they must be forgiven.
0: Wow. That seems
1: very Scrooge. I like this. So are these, funny
0: thing about talking about alternate Scrooge are they all coming in pre or post-ghosts?
1: Huh. I mean, there's like, it like doubles question. the number of Scrooges. I mean, if- maybe it <laughs> come pre and post of each one. <laughs> that could be very confusing. I mean, if they're all post, this is a very jolly bunch. Because yeah. post redemption Scrooge is a very joyful fellow. That's true. In all the cases, uh-huh. that doesn't. I'm seeing all that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Maybe they need to be forgiven by Marley's ghost. Question is do they all have to visit their own ghosts or do they just visit one Scrooge's ghosts or. or you know, I, you know all the Marley ghosts? Yeah, do all the Marley ghosts <laughs> visit all the Scrooge's? I, so the thing they need is some sort
0: of device to bring all the Marley ghosts from all the ultimate dimensions together. <laughs>
1: to, in order to teach them how to be forgiven. You
0: know what the nice thing about this is? Between you know, say Scrooge McDuck and um, Muppet Scrooge. Michael Caine. Yeah, and um, some of the other traditional Scrooges. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of money. <laughs> that,
1: is, that is a good point. Spared no expense. Spared no expense to to get forgiven. Um, so they
0: can, they can hunt the world. I, I feel like, okay, this is not helping them, but I feel like this is the start of some sort of, Kind of awesome comic where they like just fund expeditions to find this MacGuffin that will bring Marley all the different Marley ghosts to him so they can ask forgiveness.
1: (laughs) They're the the ghost hunter Scrooges. The uh, what do they call it? Like the they go to like mansions all over the world trying to find where Marley's ghosts wound up.
0: Amazing show. (laughs) Just all these Scrooges. I I feel like you'd have to have most of them be. But they have a
1: few pre ones well, like, what are we doing? Like, seriously, <laughs> that's me now? They, they, they drag him along and like, and like, no, 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 you're going to be way better for us. If we could just find Marley. He's around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and run around in Victorian
0: England. Uh, I'm going to assume that's our setting, that we're not going to one of the other settings. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I would watch this. It would be amazing, <laughs> just like a limited series, like ten episode, either like graphic novel or Netflix series.
1: I, I like how we have kind of forgotten about the retrieving a stolen thing. That's that's
0: just their mission, you know. The, yeah, I
1: guess uh, retrieving. Well, I guess somehow Marley's goose got stolen, or he's just missing. Oh yeah,
0: I guess the find the thing was the thing to do. Summon the ghost. Like they had to go find oh. an artifact or something. Maybe like okay, they had to go I can, find, I got gotcha. you know Marley's old. Watch or I don't know.
1: Okay, I gotcha. No, that makes sense. Okay, cool. I okay. think I'm satisfied with that one. That,
0: that went way better than I thought. Okay,
1: okay. Well, who's our next character? Let's let's go ahead and throw in. Let's do Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Alrighty. I guess it's still
0: Victorian England, but uh, a little later, Edwardian. A little, a little
1: later, more like Edwardian. Yeah. That that was that after Victoria. No, I just like saying cool words with E and oh, after. I don't remember. I'm trying to remember now if because J M Barry was.
0: He was later than Dickens.
1: Yeah, he was certainly later. It was like the turn of the 19th century, yeah. 19th into the 20th century when that was done, because there were actual films made during his lifetime of Peter Pan. But I, I don't remember what in, when Victoria died. Yeah. I don't, but, she lived forever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so these Peter Pans. Okay, they, so what were what some Peter Pans? We have, we have we need the Disney one. Oh, the Disney one, the elfin guy. Uh, I think it'd be funny to include like one of the the females who who played him on Broadway. Yeah, sounds good. Like um, who is um, oh drat! I'm trying to think of the one Muppet Show guest star who I think did it. Oh, blonde, she has a big smile. What's her name? That's not enough for me. Uh, short hair. Well, yeah, she's Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, well. Well, Mary Martin was one. This is not the one I'm thinking of, but anyway. Do
0: we include the Once
1: Upon a Time Peter Pan, the I evil? The, the evil Peter Pan? I think we have to. And then ways.
0: you mentioned John Williams. Not not John Williams, sorry. Robin Williams. Robin
1: Williams. Robin yes, Williams. So you have your old Peter Pan. Your old Peter Pan. Um, I want to also throw in, just because it needs this movie needs more love, there was a 2003 Peter Pan movie. I've seen that one. Yeah. Which was, I think it was... Dreamworks. It was but, good. It's really good. And one where they actually cast a, a boy around, I don't know, twelve years old, ten, I don't know. Which for my money, that's the best live action version of Peter Pan out there. In fact, I think in some ways I like it better than a Disney one as It's probably more accurate. Yeah, more more accurate to the book. And yeah, man, the book is surprisingly rich ideas wise. But anyway, um, so okay, their goal is to get someone or something on place on time. Wow, speak English. <laughs> <laughs> Someone slash something on place. On th- I'm getting that doesn't sound very no nope. panty. Let's do something else uh, to get rid of something. Okay, to accomplish okay. this goal, they must escape animal attack. Oh well, <laughs> okay then. <laughs> I think we know what animal the attack that is. Probably the weasel.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well done. Crocodile. 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 That's (laughs) the correct answer. Uh, What are they trying to get rid of is the question. Windy. No. um. (laughs) (laughs) Only the evil Peter Pan would want to do that. The once upon a time Peter Pan. Yeah. Let's see. They want to get rid of the accomplishes. They have to escape an animal attack. So that means is is this something big? Because otherwise they could just throw it in the water. Yeah. So Maybe they need to get rid of... The entire Jolly Roger. It was a big Captain Hook's pirate ship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. While avoiding the crocodile. Yes. Honestly, I feel like this is not going to be a big, a hard task for the Peter Pan. They, they just, just
0: go get some fairies and mermaids in your set.
1: Or just, you know, ignite all the gunpowder on the ship.
0: Well, that's they probably really enjoy that act. <laughs> they, <like. laughs> they would probably like think that was great fun. You know fun. what they really should get rid of is their shadow. Well, but
1: they, but they, they like their shadow. They like their shadow, yeah. so, you know. Most of them.
0: So, yeah, I guess they just blow it up, but, I mean, would they do it, here's the problem. Here's where the conflict comes in, okay? Okay. It's like a, I mean, it'd be more of like a comedy sketch, because it's Peter Pan. They each want to light the fuse.
1: That's true. They they all want to be the one in charge.
0: Yes. There's going to be a lot of infighting.
1: mm mm-hmm. um, I feel are like- all the Tinkerbells with them? Oh, man, that'd be mass chaos, for sure. <laughs> they just fight each other. I mean, I, I
0: feel like- or Would the Tinkerbells fight each other, or would they, like- all, like, understanding each other, like, okay, let's let's go. I feel like they would go and be the Peter Pan's and just do it themselves.
1: <laughs> I feel like they might fight each I mean, it depends on, on your ver- I mean, if you're talking, like, the original Tinkerbell, the original Tinkerbell only has room in her head for, like, one emotion at any given time. That's true. So if the other Tinkerbells are kind of like that, and the Disney one was somewhat like that. Yeah, the Disney one was like that. Mm-hmm. The Once Upon a Time one was not. No, neither was... uh. Julia Roberts Mm -hmm. from Hook. Actually, I feel like the Robin Williams, depending on where... Robin Maybe like fatherly to this. him, kind
0: of. Wouldn't he he
1: kind of. Although I also feel like he'd also be fighting off, keeping an eye on the evil Peter Pan because that guy is a total jerk.
0: He is, a total, total and, jerk. and
1: actually a lot more conniving than than most other Peter Pans. So okay,
0: so we got like this dramedy going on where most of Peter, the younger Peter Pans are all fighting each other, it's hijinks, whatever. And meanwhile, we have like this this cat and mouse game between, uh-huh. between Robin
1: Williams and evil, an evil Peter Pan. Pan. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. I could. So it's like a Hitchcock film.
1: Kinda, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Okay,
0: be a good story. <laughs> you, good st- is there is there a different sort of feel of Peter Pan from the Starcatchers, or is that basically like JM Barry version?
1: Oh, that's an interesting. Um,
0: I've not read it, but I think you had. He's right?
1: not the the one from the Peter and the Starcatchers. He's not as immature as the original JM Barry one. I would say he's actually a little bit more responsible. Although, I mean, the idea is that he's. Slowly becoming the Peter Pan from the Barry books, so he probably does become a little oh, okay. less. But it depends on where he, where he's coming in from. So,
0: but I think I I could see a story like that where you have basically just cheap by the Dozen sort of <laughs> hijinks plus Cat Mouse game on top of it. Yeah,
1: I like it. Okay. okay, good. All right, who's who's our next one?
0: Let's do let's do Alice.
1: Alice from Wonderland. From Wonderland. Okay, so a variety.
0: Of, we got a uh, Mental
1: Institute Wonder, um Alice. From Once Upon a Time again. Once Upon a Time. Okay. I was gonna say, were we talking young Alice or were we talking older That's Alice? That's older Alice. Okay. So like well, how old is she? Like twenties? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Something like that. And then there's the one from the live action Disney movies, which I've never seen. Yes. She's well, she's also in her in her twenties. Yeah, she's right? older. Yep. Yep. And then back. we have yep. Then we have traditionally young animated Alice who's like ten years old. And most mm-hmm. other versions of Alice, she's like ten, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. And then there's like a hardcore Alice somewhere, or is that just something we made up at some point?
1: <laughs> it's seems possible. like it's a sci-fi. I don't know. Channel one, but... I'm gonna have to actually lean on you for this because you know Alice in Wonderland way better than I do. The, well, I tend to stay away from Wonderland <laughs> as much as I can.
0: See, the the live action one's just not as good because they're 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 too normal. They're too high fantasy ish. instead yeah, of, exactly. Like oh, that, there was whimsical. there was a sci-fi Alice who was sort of like a. Modern steampunky kind of Alice, Alice, yeah.
1: So, but what do we? What are they doing? Okay, so according to our goal generator, their goal is to finding out what a picture is of. Okay, so they have a photograph. They have a photo. They're trying to figure out what it is in order to oh, and to accomplish this, they must impress someone. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I'm assuming they're going back to Wonderland. Seems like it seems likely. Yeah. So they need to impress. I mean. We always got the Queen of Hearts. Of course, the all, the question here is what version of Wonderland are they in?
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, Wonderland is
1: always kind of crazy. I yeah, mean, but there's
0: more rules in some of them than others.
1: Yeah, The Once Upon a Time was a bit more tamed than some Wonderland. I mean, the, bo- the, the book like version, it. the most crazy. Sure, sure. So let's go to the book. Okay. <laughs> okay, so who do they have to impress?
0: One of the queens? One of the queens. We could do that. You can impress a Jabberwocky. Okay. Ooh, though, though the funny tricky. thing is, the book Jabberwock is not really it's just in the poem i mean other versions have made it into a yeah. character what about the cheshire cat seems like, th- yeah, like he I think it be interesting impress i like that
1: he seems to be often be the one who knows things that are going on yeah. yeah okay so how would the alices work to impress the cheshire cat i feel like the older ones would be rather annoyed with the younger
0: ones and <laughs> can't keep trying okay. to leave yeah. them yeah so i feel like like unfortunately like two younger ones would probably like just Hold hands and wander randomly into into weird situations, just like Alice Wonderland. Normally, like and uh-huh. they will not have anything to do with this story. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay,
0: except maybe the Wonderland version might care enough for him because she was all. What do you mean the Wonderland version? Sorry, sorry, the Once Upon a Time version. Okay. which if you don't I have not watched, guys. Um, actually worth watching as a standalone season. It is.
1: Um, you don't have to watch any other Once Upon a Time to enjoy Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. But
0: she had kind of she was kind of like maligned for believing in Wonderland, and and mm. so I could see her kind of taking pity on these younger versions of herself.
1: Yeah, I could see it. I could see like, that because she she was kind hearted and
0: yeah, and and I think she suffered a lot for her experience.
1: Actually, fun fact: Did you know the young Alice in the Once Upon a Time in Wonderland? was played by oh I forget her real life name but eleven. Um Millie oh, really? Millie Bobby Brown. Okay. Before she was eleven. Before she was eleven. Fun fact anyway, side tag was she actually eleven? I don't know if she was actually <laughs> eleven. Good question. Eleven years old, I don't know. Okay, so but impression Shushar cat the Shushar cats,
0: he's gonna send them on random missions. Basically. For no good reason. And you'll laugh at them when they come back and be like, ha fine, here, I'll tell you what this picture's about. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and basically put them in ra- random situations that are probably life-threatening and or particularly strange. Mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine what it would be like without just repeating stuff from the book, but mm. then you're not, you know, yeah. you don't run through the same... The exact the, same, the same things every single, single time. Exactly. Yeah. So...
1: So, yeah, I don't think we need to get super specific here.
0: I like no, the but basic. I, I feel like the, you know, the older kick-butt version is just going to be like, you know, have to be kind of, maybe she becomes softened, and is why it was like to be young. And the young ones are just like, this is so weird. Curiouser and Curiouser.
1: <laughs> and then they
0: all go back home and tell their people and no one believes them and they are like, why? Why
1: did we? <laughs> why did we do that all over again?
0: <laughs> because this white picture rabbit? was that. That
1: picture was that important. Apparently, Dinah, come on. I mean, honestly, Alice goes chasing a white rabbit on a whim into Wonderland. So yeah, she could be very stubborn if she wants to find something out. Yeah,
0: or walk through a mirror.
1: Or walk through a mirror. Yeah. There you go. All okay, right. let's do at least two more.
0: Okay, do you have a preference? You want a Santa? A
1: King Arthur?
0: Uh, let's do Santa. Okay, let's do Santa.
1: You want, you want to do... You want. Okay.
0: Well, I was going to give you Robin Hood, These we haven't done Robin Hood yet.
1: Oh, true, true, true. Uh, let's,
0: let's do Robin Hood
1: first. Okay, we'll do Robin Hood first. Okay. So, let's do Robin Hood. Okay, so where are we pulling here from? We got the... You know
0: you're Robin Hood, so...
1: <laughs> well, okay, so that means we have to include Errol Flynn, who's yep. like the perfect Robin Hood. getting kites. <laughs> 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 Cary Elwes, okay, we'll, we'll include him. He's He'll be the... The, the gesture. The smarty the pants, yep. the gesture. Uh... We've got a fox, which kind of weirds out the other robins, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. From the Disney movie. Why well, has Disney not made a live-action version of that yet? <laughs> Don't encourage them. I think they might try. Yeah. Who else do we have? we um, sure, will throw in Russell Crowe, even though he's okay. a really boring Robin Hood. That's the like super historical one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's all grim and gray. Yeah. Actually, I just
0: remember the I remember the guy from Hood. Have you read Hood? The Stephen Lawless no book. Oh. It was interesting.
1: I actually watched a really great YouTube video essay recently about the Disney Robin Hood and how all the Robin Hood movies after it with the exception of possibly Men in Tights kind of ruined it. Like <laughs> because no one else after that did a very really colorful Robin Hood. They all went for like the grim oh, and realistic grim. thing. Oh interesting. The one he didn't never mention which is kind of a foot in both camps I say is the BBC Robin Hood. Do you remember that one? I think I remember Natasha watching that. Yes.
0: It's been a while, but yeah, that was kind of a fun... It, it was, was like Merlin, but Robin Hood.
1: Yeah, basically. <laughs> I would say that was a little middle ground between like being real realistic and having some of the fun, because yeah. he did have fun with his Merry Man, yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. say, even though it wasn't quite as colorful as the storybook Errol Flynn style. No, but movie. it was certainly much more like oriented So, what do they need to do? All right. So, according to the generator, their goal is to find a hidden place or, okay. or thing, uh, which they need to do by winning a game. Oh, there we go. So we're badminton. Doing the- <laughs> we're doing the <laughs> Robin Hood badminton tournament. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be amazing. Uh, should we actually do badminton, or should we actually go to the archery? Oh, I'm super conflicted right now. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, what are they- I, I feel like they'd want to do archery, and then the
1: the, uh, the Carrie Ouels would like sign off her badminton. <laughs> <instead>. <laughs> Carrie Ellis. Ellis. Sorry, yeah. I knew who you meant. But <laughs> okay. So what are they trying to find? We'll go with the badminton because I'm too <laughs> amused by that now. Uh, what are they trying to find? Actually, the. <sighs> like a treasury it seems like that'd be a normal thing like the base, yeah something like some sort of like the key to the royal vaults vault. to, to steal all the money or something yeah yeah let's do that that's very traditional that's yeah. very traditional well first off Russell Crowe is gonna be really out of his element
0: He's going to be he's just going to be grouching
1: around. And, like every shot of him is just like gray and black and like just raining on top of him all the time. Covered in mud like cuz like he he gets the muddiest court. <laughs> it would be great court. like he just
0: dives and there's mud all over him, <laughs> him he, with his badminton racket.
1: That's perfect. Meanwhile, uh, the fox is just kind of bouncing all over the place, having a great old time and I think even Carrie Elwes is Oh, He's probably mean. enjoying that. Oh, yeah, he's loving it. I, I meant, um, Errol Flynn. I think Errol Flynn is probably having a great time too. He's smiling away. So, this is his partner, Bad bitch or singles? I think they probably each enroll, but eventually they're eventually they come up to each other. So, I'm gonna say singles, oh, but see. like it's a tournament in a tournament
0: style. So then they're so face vi- each other. So,
1: eventually, there's no one left but Robin Hoods, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Russell Crowe loses pretty quickly because yes. he's just not nearly as nimble as the rest of them. Otherwise, uh, it's a toss-up. I don't know if I could, uh, if I could pick I winner. Probably between the Fox
0: and Errol Flynn, isn't it?
1: Probably, In my, that's what more of my heart would would me to say. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, you cut it, they they win. Yeah, anyway, they cut it, they win. They 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 fix this whole tournament. Now,
0: is there enough maid Marian's for them all? <laughs> Good or, question. Or just the winner gets the maid Marian, unless it's the animal, and then you're like, uh, I'll wait for a human.
1: <laughs> um, we'll let the the listener decide okay. that one. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Finally, should we do Santa? Let's do Santa. There's a lot of Santa. There's
1: a lot of Santas. I feel like we have to include the Tim Allen on Santa. Yes. Because he's, he's a pretty classic one. Um, I think we need the Rudolph, the Red-Nosed Reign, the Claymation Santa. Yes, with or without the gout gout? No, there's there's one of the shows when he has the gout, he's at
0: home, and then it's not Rudolph, but it's the same Santa in one of the other.
1: Really? Yes. I didn't know that the same Santa showed up in another thing. I, you mean like the guy who was skinny, and then... Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's, a, he's in one of the other... The other Rankin Bass yeah. things? Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, we'll just do the Rudolph. We won't worry about the gout.
0: <laughs> we used to make fun of it. We're like, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the gout. <laughs> okay, so we got those two. Who else do we need? Who's another famous Santa? Um, I guess we could do Nick Frost from that one Doctor Who episode. Sure.
0: Uh, should we go ahead of uh, Miracle Thirty Fourth Street? Okay. Sure. The the black and white one. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know the color one. Yeah. World. No black might be fine. Okay. We could. Play, have you seen? Have you seen Christmas? The Christmas Chronicles on Netflix? Probably not because I have kids. Oh, but it's. I um, think I did. That was a recent movie, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, with um with Kurt Russell. Okay. Sure. He's he's interesting. He's very like a little more um. Forthright, I guess, or like, yeah, I it, know he, he's an interesting version.
1: I'm trying to actually now, now that in Mitchell, it's like, I think I saw that, but like, was that two years ago? Yeah, or something? I think it was
0: two years. I watched the second, which the second one is not as good, but we had kids, so we we're like, hell, let's watch this. We like the first one, let's watch the second.
1: Okay, yeah, I guess I don't remember that one super well, but anyway, I don't remember the Elf the Santa from Elf. I don't either. I don't think I've actually ever watched Elf all the way through. All our audience is like mad at us now. <laughs> I know. I mean it shouldn't surprise people that we tend to <laughs> I've seen it follow once the or something like that. But yeah, but like my,
0: my sister Haley would be like, Watch yeah. it like nonstop. Yeah, basically.
1: I know there's been like a million versions, but those are the ones I, I feel most familiar with. Yeah.
0: We'll just go with those. That's enough Santas for now. Yeah. Okay. We could always get we might be. No, we need we more. need one like um mall Santa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um like the one from Home Alone or something.
1: Yeah, he he does see a Santa at home does yeah,
0: he? Yeah, he, like, he looked like Santa's getting into like, his car.
1: Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, the, that guy. Okay, I remember him now. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, what does your protagonist want to do? Deliver he, a present. Oh, wait, what? He just says eat. <laughs> eat eating. No. <laughs> Should we do, let's do something else. Yeah, I think that's kind of just normal Santa. Yeah. Okay, he wants to escape an animal attack. <laughs> okay. Actually, we had that before, didn't we? Oh, I guess so. Looking forward to accomplish this goal. I guess these things add things. Okay, what was your prediction? Santa wants to avoid someone. Okay. By hiding something intangible, either the info, the time. Oh, real like quick, that. we got one more Santa. Okay, we need Santa from the Santa Ice Cream Bunny.
0: <laughs> just just okay. sitting there on the beach and the most useless. The most Santa, useless Santa there is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Please. Okay.
1: Okay. Fine. Thank you. Well, it okay. won't be hard for that guy to avoid someone. He can't go anywhere <laughs> with his soiled pants. <laughs> anyway, so he has a. What, what, they're trying to avoid someone. Avoid someone by hiding something intangible. Hiding something intangible, in like the info or the time or something. If you I want, love. I can give Santa an antagonist. Sure whose goal is to find a home or a place to live. That's- so I think he's trying to hide from Mrs. Claus <laughs> <laughs> and find a new
0: uh, par- new bachelor pad. What? By hiding his love from her. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's terrible. <laughs> It's just, a, it's just a temporary
1: thing. You just need some space? Is that you just a- need some space. <laughs> Look, kids deal with kids all night for one year. And elves pretty much the rest he of year. He just the- wants to go on vacation. Just- okay, it's just a vacation. Okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs>
0: but she's she has a regular way she, they do things. Uh-huh, okay. And he just, not all of them. Well, all of them? One of them? And he hires the other ones to help them?
1: <laughs> I don't know how this works. Maybe Santa has recruited other Santas to basically take his place. The fool the fool Mrs. Claus fool for a little while. Claus. Yeah,
0: with some sort of North Pole magic that seems to disguise or change whatever.
1: Well, I mean, he mostly looks the same. Mostly, but <laughs> Mrs. Claus would know. Yeah, it's like you look like you're like a foot tall, the yeah. the, the, <laughs> the, the animatronic version. Like you're really jerky in your motion. What's? <laughs> you're very rosy cheek today. Uh-huh. Um I don't know how this goes. I don't know either. Exactly. He's hiding the fact that he wants some time away. He just wants to. So which one is taking the vacation? He, he normally has to take a staycation. Okay. And he's right. sick of
0: staycations.
1: Um, he's going to the I South guess, Pole. I guess let's say it's the Tim Allen one. If only because I know who the Mrs. Claus is in oh, okay. case. Oh, okay. That's uh, Juliet. Juliet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and which, he has problems like this.
1: Yes, that's true. Yeah, He has real real life sort of problems. Okay. So he's. Maybe he's going on a hunting trip. That seems like the, some sort of thing Tim Allen it, it would does, do. He does, yes. <laughs> with Al Borland. <laughs> um, okay, so he he recruits. he Various Santas. Santas they take. Uh, through I don't know, some sort
0: of weird machine, he just brings them from another dimension. From the. Yeah.
1: I feel like the Kurt Russell one would get along fairly well. He,
0: he'd be a little like. Yeah, I think he'd be a little more assert, like, a little more, like, in your face, I think, than the Tim Allen one. Okay, okay. I mean, just kind of, I don't, not bright, just kind of, like, superheroish, heroish, just like, he's mm-hmm. like, hi, sort of thing.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so he's like,
0: wow, you're yeah. really into
1: it right now. And then Juliet would be very confused when Nick Frost comes in, and suddenly Santa has a British accent. Yeah. He's like, like, maybe he's practicing for the children. He's practicing for his father Christmas. Yeah. Tour yeah, duty. Yeah. <laughs>
0: The the poor uh, ice cream bunny Santa would just sit on the couch and watch TV. (laughs) And be like, hey, bring me some ice cream.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. <laughs> yep, you nailed it. That guy's useless. And, and quite frankly, the Home Alone Santa wouldn't be much better. <laughs> Honestly, he'd be really con- he'd be the one that had the most sitcom like sort of mishaps because yeah, he's really out of his element because he's not really supposed to be. He's a not Santa. a Santa. He's not a Santa at all. So he's he's like, um, yeah, sure. How you doing? <laughs> so this
0: would be. I, it seems like like we said with most multiverse, all ours tend to gravitate towards the silly. Yeah. But That's the, wh- I like I like it. I think it's the best way to do I think, this. Sort of I exercise. think so he so
1: so Tim Allen gets a gets a good hunting trip. Uh-huh. Um He comes back. I feel like by the time he he comes back, Juliet's seen through all this. Yeah.
0: Do you think that like the other ones like they just like it here? They they don't leave, like they just keep stacking Santas. I think <laughs> And like there's just like there's like one in every room by the end. <laughs> and they're all acting like
1: I think that Juliet I think Mrs. Claus finds however Santa did this originally and she brings other Mrs. Clauses <laughs> in and basically backfire. This is this is all basically an elaborate I Love Lucy episode. Yes. <laughs> Mrs. Claus brings other Mrs. Clauses in to kind of and no one can awesome. tell the
0: difference between anyone else. Everyone ends up
1: happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And then they have a Merry Christmas. Beca- yep. because
0: hey, And everyone falls deeply in love again with their Mrs. Claus.
1: Basically, because they, they're like, man, that other Mrs. Claus is crazy. But I love you, Mrs. Claus. My Mrs. Mrs. Claus. Claus. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> so we just call it keeping up with the clauses. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. okay I, I i enjoyed that those yeah, were good that, that was fun so we're running long so we can't get to our other characters but let's tell the listeners what are some other uh characters that you could do this kind of what if magic at home at hey, least send us an email send us an audio clip of you just telling us this wonderful show that some or book or someone should write. so we had sherlock holmes sherlock holmes lots of sherlock holmes you could and combine uh benedict cumberpatch with like uh, A rat. Yeah, yeah. Basil be- <laughs> of Baker Street. You're in my mind. We thought about we doing Frodo, but we weren't sure enough versions. I mean, you got you've got Elijah Wood. You've got the animated the version. weird
0: animated version. Weird. weird animated,
1: which I guess there's actually two sort of. Well, then there's the Return of the King version. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So that would be slightly different. But I don't know. Um, we thought Lost Lanes. There's lots of Lost Lanes over True. the years. True. True james bond it'd be fun to have it's like having all the doctors together yes
1: like, that actually would be a lot of fun there'd I think. be a
0: lot of i feel crazy like driving <laughs> um,
1: i feel like the the daniel craig and timothy dalton i want to say I, I, well i don't know i've not seen the timothy dalton one long i remember watching license to kill when i was way too young to see it and getting really freaked out by, mm. it, by it so i don't know my, in my head he's a very brutal bond but i don't know that sh- for sure the problem is if there's only one
0: female lead, it's gonna cause problems.
1: Uh yeah. And
0: Sean Connor anyways. Um yeah. <laughs> King Arthur. That could be interesting. That'd be a lot there's a lot of different King Arthur. There's a versions. lot you could choose from, yeah. Yeah.
1: Don't bother with the once upon a time version. <laughs> He's just gonna <laughs> run away.
0: I don't want a a, a gif of that.
1: <laughs> the once upon a time King oh, Arthur just hightailing it funny, through the woods. It was the
0: funniest. <laughs> so if you don't know what we're talking about, the once upon a time had this he was like a cowardly backstabbing King, King Arthur. But there's this one scene where he like basically just turns and runs like a like a cartoon villain. It was like the funniest. You could almost hear like the like the Flintstones feet in at least in my head.
1: At least that's the way we remember it. Yeah, yeah it was so quick. It was, it was so
0: funny. I wish you could find it. <laughs> Anyways, Tim. I guess we should probably get out of here. I guess we have as much time as we want. I don't know if time works here or not. I don't understand that.
1: Maybe, although I thought that statue looked really different a minute ago. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Do you recognize that guy? They may? uh, No, no. Okay. Well, there does seem to be a lot of tumult around here. So, yeah, let's wrap things up. Remember, folks, you can listen to our uh, podcast on a number of different platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And also on our website, dear old, Um, Leave us a comment on our site, if you will, and let us know how you listen to it. Feel free. We are also on
0: Facebook and Twitter. You can get a hold of us either those places with your wonderful cross-universe stories. You can email us at dearworldtrains at gmail.com
1: and leave it feel free to leave us a review on uh, one of those podcatchers again we'd love to hear what you think of the show if there's anything you'd like to see us add to it we'd love to hear that too
0: and always uh we've name dropped Lost and once upon a time a couple times this episode follow our
1: sister podcast the weekly hijack where we discuss various tv um, shows TV shows both of those actually but yes currently wa- lost The yeah, currently lost there's a lot more Lost than once upon a time at this point
0: so, uh, before we uh, make it like three and get out of here, I will introduce my soundtrack. Uh, I started trying to be all like, oh, fate and other things with my searching. And then I was just thinking, oh, Fortuna, because it sounds very ominous and like, oh, it's fate, it's fortune. And then I thought of this wonderful song from Star Fox, remixed by DJ Pretzel, called Fortuna Favors the Funk, which is just a great song all around. I hope you enjoy, and it'll just leave you
1: with more ear candy as we get out of here. I can't believe we haven't gotten to Star Fox on this podcast before now. It has
0: nothing to do with multiverses. Except Fortuna. Fortuna, which is just the plant name in this case. So
1: Fun stuff. Enjoy. Until next time, this has been Nick. And this is Tim. Adios. Bye-bye.